0: Live by faith. May your faith truly be a dependence lived on your God. May our worship be lit up as we celebrate the God who is not keeping himself secret, but he's making himself clear.
1: Well, good morning, church. Let's stand to our feet. Let's worship today. Amen.
2: D Free. I will preach to
1: faithfulness Your faithfulness in the midst of each and every situation in this room god for those in the room for those joining us online you're lord of all you're king of kings you are lord of lords and we worship you today because nothing changes by my own words lord nothing changes by my own efforts or my own pursuit my own striving my own power they come from you and you alone And in your word, Lord, it says that all of this, this is for our good and your glory. So today, would you be glorified in this place? Would you be glorified in our hearts and our lives, God? We worship you, we love you, we praise your name. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that all God's people said, amen, amen. Amazing worship today, amen, church. Why don't we give a hand once more? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Why don't we take a second right here, church, greet somebody here next to you.
0: It is great to have you here. Welcome to Summit Point. Man, it is awesome to be celebrating you. Whether you've joined with us online or here in person, celebrating with you is a sweet privilege. Man, we are here to make much of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. May he get all the glory. May we constantly be lifting him up, whether in song, time in the word, time in prayer, wherever we're at. May Jesus Christ. Get all the glory. Hey, I'm just going to ask you to jump into our friendship register. You can do that by going on our church app, or you can actually go to the website. You pull down the resource tab, you'll be able to find it there. If you're online with us, it'll show up in that chat box down in the corner. You can just click that and just fill out the friendship register. It's a great way for us to stay connected with you. And for you to stay connected with us. You just fill out a little bit of info there. Let's us know you were here. But also gives us a little bit of info about yourselves. Like maybe you're looking to jump in and serve. There's some boxes you can check there for serving and, and uh, where you might like to get uh, joined in with us on that. Man, we make much of Christ here. Come join us in doing that as you serve and building some friendships and being a part of a team, making things happen here. May God get all the glory, right? So you can check those boxes. There's also a privilege at the bottom to be able to write down your prayer request, and we pray over those a couple of times every week, making sure we're covering those in prayer. We believe firmly in the power of prayer. Super fired up to be praying for you. So go ahead and fill out that friendship register. It's a great way for us to stay connected with you, all right? Just a couple of announcements real quickly that are both about this week starting, all right? VBS Man, it's here. If you've noticed, we got a bunch of people walking around in the maroon t-shirts. And VBS, it is here. It is this week. Starts tomorrow night. Parents, if you have not gotten your kids signed up, make sure you get them signed up. This is a week of just power worship awesome on-fire teaching, some great time with games and crafts and food, and all of it is a blast. The kids love it. It starts 6.15 tomorrow night. It goes Monday through Thursday. So parents, make sure you get your kids signed up. It's called Breakout this year. It's all about Jesus Christ as our breakout king, helping us to break out against, and there's a number of different things, one for each night. Man, you don't want to miss out. If you have signed up your kid, make sure they're there tomorrow night. At 6.15, you don't want to miss out. And hey, if you want to volunteer with us, obviously still room for that. We'd love to have you join us, jump in and volunteer. There's still some uh, need for what's called roamers. That doesn't mean you just wander around doing whatever you want, right? Roamers, so we have needs to fill in each night based on whatever's going on, and we would be popping into that. So if you want to fill in as a volunteer there, that'd be great. Get a t-shirt. Lord willing, we'll have the right size for you left. And uh, let's get you plugged in, all right? Volunteers, just one more note, heads up. Tonight, 6.15 is the training. Don't miss it. Kind of a mandatory thing for you to know what's going on, the flow of the week and some of the songs and all that kind of stuff, all right? So volunteers, 6.15 after the 4.30 service tonight. Make sure you're here for that. And we're getting ready to go with a huge week. By the way, well over 500 kids already signed up. Well over 500 volunteers signed up as well. Praise God for that. We are ready to rock. May God get all the glory Breakout 2021. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Huge. Looking forward to it. Another thing we're launching this week, it's going to be a part of VBS and then carry on for a couple of weeks after that, is backpacks. And uh, we do this every summer, end of July and the beginning of August. We try to dovetail these together. Man, this is a sweet way for us to reach into our community locally and just care with all we've got. This is a great opportunity for you to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We reach out into a number of different um, environments where there are some kids who are really hurting financially. Getting backpacks and getting school supplies can be expensive. And all of God's people said... Right, And can you imagine now doing that when you're actually wrestling with financials in the home? And so we partner with a number of families in Peoria and East Peoria and even east of that over into the Morton area and all of that. Wherever there's some financial need, kind of partnering in and going after it. Uh, Our target is going 600 plus backpacks. We'd love to even have 700 plus. Let's get after a huge number of backpacks that we might be able to care for those in need, all right? That said, the backpacks need to be stuffed with something specific, so make sure you get on the website and check it out. There's a banner you can click, and it gives you the list Buy according to the list, and then we can put those together. You don't really need to pack it very thoroughly and effectively. We have to do some kind of repacks anyway, just to make sure we keep everything balanced so you can just get the supplies put in there in any way or even beside the backpack is fine And in plastic bags, just having those come along, all right? Here's our one request. I know. You're like getting ready to give backpacks. You're like, I'd love to just give a little extra. Wouldn't it be awesome if they could have? Fill in the blank. And then we start dumping a little bit extra in. And then that kid grabs it and they're just super excited. And then their brother grabs some other backpack where everybody followed the rules. And then that kid doesn't quite have the extras. And all of a sudden we create some tension in the home. So let's think about the whole family. And all of God's people said... By following the rules and we'll buy some of those supplies and making sure that follows through, all right? Uh, The backpacks are just a great privilege for us to say, we know the Lord Jesus Christ and we long to love you as you're wrestling through some things in this world, all right? So let's go after the backpacks. Those will be delivered this week. By the way, the kids are going to be talking about it. There's going to be a little buzz on bringing backpacks in during VBS. so You can start to drop them off each night with your kid at VBS. They can bring one whichever night makes sense for you then. Um, if that doesn't work, then you can be dropping them off in the church office or on Sundays at the Welcome Center uh, for the next two and a half weeks. We're going to be collecting backpacks. And then August 4th, that's kind of it. That sounds like it's a long way away. That is super not a long way away, right? Just a couple of weeks away and we're into August. And then school starts. Can you believe those words? So we're already heading back to it. Make sure you get after the backpacks, all right? May God truly get all the glory. Um, You know, we're going to be going to a time of giving in just a little bit here. And man, I just love how our body gives. Just fantastic givers. We give from the first fruits of all that God has given to us. It's a sweet privilege for us to give back saying, Lord, you are awesome. Thanks for how you provide. I would love to give to you. And so we're just going to take a moment where there's going to be an opportunity for you to give. You can give both online, you can go to the website and give through some connections there. Obviously, if you want to give with a physical check, you can give that on the way out. The ushers will be at the door and you can drop those off, all right? So appreciate your passion for worshiping your Lord as you continue to give. May God get all the glory. That said, uh, my wife and I had a great opportunity to be away this week. Just took a little downtime in Tennessee. This is the first time in 26, 27 years that uh, we got away together, the two of us, for longer than like a two or three day stint. And uh, so it was nice just to get away the two of us and uh, to be able to get out and enjoy some of the sun of Tennessee and as it turned out, some of the clouds of Tennessee and all that kind of stuff. But I had a blast down there just relaxing and enjoying. And so appreciate being able to get away and have a little break. We have such a deep bench here. Love our staff and how they can carry things. And uh, so that said, Pastor Mitch is actually going to be preaching today. He's our high school youth pastor. And man, just love the ministry that God's using him to provide for all your high schoolers. If you have high schoolers and they're not in the high school ministry, they're missing out. Make sure they get plugged in. Pastor Mitch and his team have it going on. May Christ get all the glory. So Pastor Mitch is going to be preaching today as we continue in the Live by Faith series. So appreciate him carrying the mail there. And that said, uh, the preaching calendar that I develop when I'm usually in my downtimes here is just going phenomenally well. And uh, almost done with that. So if you could just continue to keep praying there. Uh, we try to get our preaching calendar set for 52 weeks ahead of time. And uh, having that year set holding it loosely, but trying to get that set. And uh, almost there with that, should be there in the next week or two. So praise God for that, all right? Love you guys, great to be back with you, great to be worshiping with you. Let's just take it all to our God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you do, Lord. We thank you for this week. We just pray for VBS, Lord. We pray for all those kids that are coming, Lord. We pray for lives to be prepared. We pray for lives to come to trust you as Savior. Lord, we just ask for this to be a phenomenal week of worship for you. And Lord, for the backpacks that are going to be provided for, we just pray that you would stir in so many different ways. We long to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Lord, I just pray now for the giving that's about to be given. May you truly get all the worship as we give of our first fruits. Thank you for giving to us. So we now give back to you. We worship you in what we give. We love you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Mitch. I thank you for his time in the word this past couple of weeks preparing. And I thank you for his uh, willingness to bring this word today. Lord, as we continue to learn what it means to live by faith. Lord, may you teach us. May you give him the words to say. Lord, may your Holy Spirit truly be moving in the place. We love you and we praise you. In the saving name of Jesus, I pray these things. Amen.
3: to you, Lord, you have all of our attention, you have all of our praise, you have all of our worship, because, Lord, there is no one else like you. Lord, you are full of truth. Lord, you show us what true love really is. Lord, our prayer today is that we don't just talk about our trust in you, we don't just talk about faith, but, Lord, that we would learn how to live, live that out. Lord, what we know is true about you, Lord, that we would see that in our everyday lives. And Lord, that's only through you. Transformation is only done by you. So Lord, you have all of our attention. You have all of our worship. Lord, transform us. Lord, as we leave here in a handful of minutes, Lord, that we would leave changed, transformed, because we know you better. And it's in Jesus' precious and powerful name we pray. Amen. Well... Welcome again, Summit Point. Thrilled to uh, be able to, and humbled to be able to, to bring the word here today. If you've, if you've been here the past few weeks, you know that we're, we are in a summer series called Live by Faith. It was actually Pastor Steve that started us out. He was in Romans chapter 1, and there's a verse that says, The righteous shall live by faith. For the past couple weeks with Pastor Tim and then with Pastor Mark last week, we've been um, examining the life of, of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And we've been looking at Abraham's faith and also Sarah's faith, and there are some, some clear moments right, where uh, they are living by faith, and they are trusting in God and trusting in God alone and not in their, their own ability to handle their situations. And it's the moments to, that to emulate And then there are clear moments in their life where they are—they're trying to handle their situations themselves. They're trusting in their their own way instead of in God's plan as a a warning to us to to identify those times when we're trusting in ourselves and not in in the Lord. But today, we're going to finish up with our little snapshot of the, the faith journey of Abraham and also his son Isaac. Next week, we're going to, to move on to another individual, but today we, we have arguably the greatest test that God has for the faith of Abraham. And it's with this mindset, knowing that we're going to be in a passage about the, the greatest test, perhaps, of Abraham's faith, that we get to our first of two points here today. The first point is this, worship your God in humble obedience, knowing he will remain True. Worship your God in humble obedience, knowing he will remain true. We're in Genesis chapter 22. Let's start here in verse 1. It says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Let's just stop there for, for a moment. All right. It says, After these things, so this, is, this would be a great time to review a little bit of where we've been these past couple weeks about these things. And we're not able to go into all of the details of what these things are. But we know that from Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis 15 that God has made a special promise to this man Abraham. We can call it a covenant. That God has made a covenant to Abraham. And he's promised to make him and his descendants into a great nation. He's also given them a piece of of land it's going to be known as the promised land. And then also through Abraham's descendant, there's going to come one that is going to bless not just Abraham's descendants, but is going to bless all of the nations. A blessing for all all the nations, for all people of all time. And we know him as Jesus Christ. And as we're walking through these past couple weeks with Abraham. Uh, Pastor Tim, he, he used a line a few times a couple weeks ago. He said, Abraham, in his faith and his trusting of God, as he received this special calling and promise and soon-to-be covenant to himself, he was mostly obedient to this. He, was, he had times where he was mostly trusting in God and in God alone, but then he had some clear moments where he wasn't we talked about a few of those things. He was supposed to leave all of his extended family and go to the land that God was going to show him. And he, he brought his nephew Lot. That's going to blow up in the book of Genesis. They find them, themselves down in Egypt. And um, Abraham tells a, a half-truth. We all call that a lie, right, about his wife Sarah. And, and he says to the Pharaoh of Egypt, this, this is just my sister. And so Pharaoh takes Sarah to be right, his wife. All right, everyone say that's a bad plan. And then last week, Pastor Mark, we talked about this, this, uh, um, this promise that even in their old age, Abraham and Sarah, they were going to give birth to a son. And we see Abraham and Sarah, they get a little bit impatient with that as they've been waiting for years and years and years after this promise. And they get out in front ahead of God's plan. And Abraham actually takes um, and, and has a son with Sarah's servant Hagar. His name is Ishmael. But then we, we see that they continue to, to trust in the Lord and that God does bless them with the son, Isaiah. And so there, there are clear moments where, where uh, God has been stretching, challenging the faith of Abraham. And you know what? We could can, we can read this, this story in his faith journey, and we can, we can perhaps think, wow, I mean, God has just brought so much into Abraham's life. Is, is God and his plan for us, is it exhausting? Is it just something to just wear us down? We could maybe think that way. But as, as, as I read the book of, of Genesis, as we're going through Abraham, you know what really stands out to me is that we serve and we worship a jealous— God, and it is something to be celebrated because He is not content with just having most of us, not just having half of us, or, or not to content with just having the times where it's convenient for us to put our trust in Him, but He's a jealous God and He wants all of us. He wants all of our faith. He wants to have all of us. And so God in His compassion, and His wisdom, and His sovereignty, and in His faithfulness, He says, Abraham, I've I've got another test for you. I've got another test for you because you you still haven't quite 100% figured this out. You've given most of your obedience to me, but I don't just want most of you. No, I'm a jealous God. I want want all of you, Abraham. So he says that he's going to test Abraham. So he calls out to Abraham. He says, Abraham. Immediately Abraham responds and he says, I'm right here. Here I am. And then we get to verse 2, and here's the test. In verse 2, it says, He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Perhaps the greatest test of Abraham's faith. God says, Abraham, take your son. And then he gives two descriptions of his son. He first says, this is your only son. Well, how does that make sense? Because Ishmael was also his son. And what he's he's talking about there is that this promise, this covenant, all right, what's going to be eventually a blessing for all the nations, it's only going to come through one son, One and only son. There is no second option. It is Isaac and it is Isaac alone. We know this from Genesis chapter 17 verse 21 where God says, I will establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. There is only one son that this promise is going to continue. It's going to be through Isaac. It is his one son of promise. Then he also says that it is the son that, that he loves. He loves dearly, and we can see that, right? I mean, this is a child that, that Abraham and his wife Sarah have been praying about for years and been hoping for for decades, and now they've received this, this awesome blessing from the Lord. And this, this child, Isaac, has been such a joy to their family and to their marriage and just watching him grow up teaching him about Jesus Christ, watching him grow up to be as as a young man, so beloved, such a source of joy. And God says, I want you to take that one and only son and that son that you love so much and I gave him life to you and now I'm going to ask you to give me back his life. And i want to call you to, to go to the land of Moriah. And I have a very specific spot, a very specific mountain that I want you to give me back his life. What's going on here? What a very unusual request. What a strange request. What's God's point here? To be honest, we don't have a lot of explanation here so far. We just know that this is what he's supposed to do. Here's the, here's the test. But we, we know that, that God is not for child sacrifice. We know that the Scripture is going to say that, that child sacrifice is going to be detestable to God. God obviously is also not for murder. So how is Abraham just wrestling with this, this test? He doesn't have a lot of explanation, but with... When he lacks in an explanation, the scene continues to move on. We're in verse 3. It says, So Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. And right away, we see Abraham's Heart of trust, his heart of faith, because he does not sit on this request, even though he lacks a lot of details and an explanation, and says he, meets, he gets up early, he doesn't sit on this for a couple of days, he doesn't go to his wife, Sarah, and say, hey, I got this request from God, what do you think, and is there another way, can we, can we figure out some other option, how do we get our, ourselves out of this? He doesn't question it. He gets up early in the morning and starts to to take all the the supplies for this. And he takes his son, Isaac. It takes two young men to help with with carrying the load. Because it's going to take three days. They're in the the, the town of of Beersheba in the south. And they're going to walk 50 miles towards the north to Mount Moriah, which is in Jerusalem. And it's going to take three days. (sighs) I can't really imagine what, what's going through Abraham's mind for those three days, for those 50 miles. Undoubtedly, he's, he's praying to the Lord. What's going through Abraham's mind? Actually, we, we, we don't have a lot of insight here in Genesis 22, but as we get to the New Testament in the book of Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says this. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19. It says, Abraham, he considered God able— to resurrect Isaac from the dead, if indeed Isaac did die. So as he's walking these three days, 50 miles north, he's he's clinging to what he knows is true about his God. It says he considers that, that God is able. That even if, if Isaac does die, God, my God is able to then resurrect him from the dead, and I will have my son again. My God is able. There's a lot of times when we we're talking to someone who perhaps is exhibiting a heart of fear, right? A heart of fear asks the question, well, maybe my God is not able. Maybe my God is not able to do this. Maybe I have to figure out a way myself. Maybe I've got to figure out a, a, to manage this. this is, maybe this is too big for my God. He needs my help. No, Abraham, he's exhibiting a heart of trust, a heart of faith, and he says, in spite of my lack of an explanation of all the details of how this is all going to work out, I'm going to consider greater than my God and He is and His ability, His capabilities. My God is able and all God's people said. Amen. He continues on in verse 5. It says, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both went, sorry, so they went, both of them, together. So they get to the point of exactly where God wants him, right, to, to go up. And it's Mount Moriah, but it's, 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 it's not really this giant mountain. It's more like a, like a hill. It gets to somewhere around the base of this hill and he tells his, his, the two young men, I need you to stay here. I'm going to take, it's just going to be me and my son. And me and my son, we're, we're going to have a time of worship of our God. And so he, he takes all of the wood and he puts it upon his son, Isaac. Now, we don't know exactly how old Isaac is, is here, but we do have a little bit of evidence here that he, he is big enough, strong enough that he's able to carry all of the wood up a hill. So if you've ever had a picture of, 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 uh, of this scene, of this passage, as, as Isaac as a small child, he's probably not. He's probably much older than this. He can reason. He can think. And he's even physically strong enough that he can carry all this wood. And you know, Abraham, he's an old man at this point. So he doesn't carry any of the wood. All he has is the torch, the fire, and all he has is the knife. And he loads up everything else upon his son Isaac. And then they start to, to walk up this hillside known as Mount Moriah. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. Isaac again, old enough to reason, he notices that the most important thing of a sacrifice is missing. So he says, says Dad, uh, we're we're missing the most important part of this sacrifice. How are we gonna have an, a proper worship service to, to, our, to our God if we don't have the most important thing? We've we've got the we've got the knife, we've got the fire, I've got the wood, but what we're, we're missing the most important thing. Where's the lamb? Of all these verses, this next verse, verse 8, was one of them them as I was studying these past couple weeks that stood out to me as a dad of four sons. Because Abraham in this moment, even though he lacks a very clear explanation of all these details of how this is actually going to play out, what is the end game of this, he uses this moment as an opportunity to teach his son about who his God truly is. And he says, Isaac, my son, I want to teach you something about our God. Our God is faithful. And our God is able. And our God, he will provide. It's not for us to know all of the details, but we can know who our God is. Our God is able, son. Our God is able to provide. Now, I have to be honest— if one of my sons asks me a question that something something similar to this that I don't have a lot of the answers, I might kind of brush them off a little bit. I might say something like, "I oh, don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there," or, "You know what, son? I, I have to be completely honest. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where where this is going to come from." But Abraham doesn't 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 brush it aside. He takes this as just a beautiful opportunity to teach his son about who his God is. Oh, that's awesome. Parents in the room. Look for those opportunities, not to just wrestle with and be frustrate, frustrated by the lack of the answers, but look for these opportunities to teach your sons and daughters about how able, how capable our God is. So Abraham, he doesn't have an explanation where the sacrifice is going to come from. But he talks about how able, how capable his God is. And he says, I want to cling to him. And, And Isaac, I want you to learn how to cling to our God, ourself, yourself. You know, it was about 13 months ago that my extended family had a big time loss. And it was last June or two Junes ago, 13 months ago, that uh, we received a phone call that, uh, that my cousin, uh, his daughter, Emerson, 13 years old, healthy child, was going into eighth grade at Tremont Middle School, passed away in her sleep. 36 hours before this, she was playing with my four sons. It's a girl that grew up with my, my kids. They had been running around and, and playing for years together. And we had to sit down our sons and tell them that Emerson passed away. Didn't have the details, didn't have the words of an explanation. Later that afternoon, Sarah, my wife and I, we went to my cousin's house and we sat in their living room and again a moment of no explanation no details don't know why a few weeks later the autopsy report comes back and it's inconclusive there's no details no understanding why had nothing to do with COVID no underlying issues just a lack of an understanding last month some of her best friends have been coming in to Ignite Sunday night, or high school ministry, and again, no worldly explanation or, or answers. Church, how do you handle situations of, of, of loss that have no explanation when we're grasping for an understanding? I wrote this down this week. That what we lack in a worldly explanation— we do not lack in our access through Jesus Christ to a holy and a good and a loving God. Let me say that again. That what we lack in those moments of loss or sacrifice in a worldly explanation, we do not lack in our access only through Jesus Christ to a God who is holy, who is good, and is loving And it's a God that gives us peace, his peace, that actually, it truly does transcend understanding that this world has no comprehension of because it is greater than our circumstances. And it's possible only through our Lord and Savior to have true and pure joy, even in the middle of trials. And that doesn't make sense here in this world but it's something that we have complete and full access to through the Son, Jesus Christ. So church, what loss are you walking through yourself right now? What loss are you walking through right now? Or maybe put it another way, what sacrifice are you being asked to make? What sacrifice are you being asked to make and always, it doesn't always come with the loss of a life. Sometimes the sacrifice perhaps maybe, maybe comes in a sacrifice of comfort. Or maybe the loss of position or maybe the loss of perceived recognition. Maybe the sacrifice of time, maybe our free time, where that, when the Lord is asking us to serve and it's going to take some of our time. So what sacrifice are you being asked to make Today? We see with Abraham and his lack of words to explain to his son where the sacrifice is going to come from, what is, what is the end game to this. He takes this as an opportunity to cling to what he knows is true about his God. That his God is capable and his God is able. And that's how we get to our second or final point here today. Second point is this worship God as your great provider in sacrifice. Worship God as your great provider in sacrifice. We're in verse 9. The narrative continues. It says, When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham, he built the altar there, and they laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. So they get on top of this, this hill, Mount Moriah, and Abraham starts to, to set up and make this This, uh, this altar. And he puts all the wood exactly how he's, how he's supposed to. And then he gets to this point where he has to turn to his son. Isaac has figured it out at this point. He's put two and two together. And a lot of times we, we like to examine the, the faith of Abraham here. But let's not, let's not dismiss the faith of, of Isaac as well. We have no record of here that he resisted, that he ran away He's probably at an age where he could overpower easily his dad. But just think about this moment where he has to turn to his son and he has to start to bind him up. Get over to the, the altar and he places him on top of the wood. He finds the knife and he's about to strike his son. Let me read the the, the next verse as fast as possible, right? (laughs) But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So at this moment, as Abraham takes the knife about to strike his son, the angel of the Lord, which most likely is is the the son, the second person of the Trinity, who we'll know in the New Testament is Jesus. He speaks out. So in other words, God himself says, Abraham, Abraham. He says his name twice. In verse 1, he only calls him once, right? It's at this moment, right, that he really wants to get Abraham's attention as soon as possible, right? So he says his name twice, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham has the same response. He says, I'm right here, God. Here I am. And then God tells his plan that his, his intention was, was, was never for Isaac to die. His intention was, was never for this to, to, to play out in, in that way. But Abraham needed the test. He needed an opportunity because he had proved himself to be mostly obedient but God gave him an opportunity for his faith to grow to the point where now he was completely obedient. Completely faithful to what God has called him to and what he's all about. And this says, Abraham, I, I, you're no longer just someone who's mostly obedient to my plan. I, I, I see it now. Your faith has, has now grown. You are fully obedient in this moment. Don't harm your son. That was never my intention at all. Then, this moment, don't miss verse 13. Don't miss verse 13. It says, Then Abraham, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. The Lord does provide. He sees a ram behind him in the thickets. It's, it's caught. They come and they take the ram. And I just want you to just imagine how awesome this worship service must have been for Abraham and Isaac. Oh, that would have been incredible to watch and experience. That that they had that lack of an explanation, but in this moment, oh, look Isaac, look Dad. Look how faithful our God is. Look how beautifully he provides Oh, what an awesome moment to just worship the one true God and that He is capable, He is able. The Lord does provide. And so moved by this, such an awesome time of worship, Abraham says, we need, to, we need to name this place. So, so, Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide, as it is to this day on the Mount of the Lord. It shall be provided. He calls this very specific place Yahweh Yireh. Yahweh Yureh. We know that in another language of, as Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. And Abraham is so moved at this, at this point. What an awesome, beautiful worship service. But it's just between Abraham and his son Isaac. They are the only ones who got to see it. And so they're going to continue. They're going to share this story out. But God's setting up something huge. Because it's in this very place that as we move to the New Testament, we see another one and only son. And this one and only son is also beloved of the Father. We know this one and only son, beloved by the Father, is the name Jesus Christ. It's on this very place the God the Father, at this point, he's not going to provide a substitutionary ram because there is no substitution for the God-man, Jesus Christ, for the sins of the world. And then behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God will not spare his own son who he loves, and with him he is well pleased. But on in this very place, centuries from the time of Abraham and Isaac, the whole eyes of the world will see this and the hope of all of eternity, that there is only one payment, one sacrifice for my sin, for your sin, for the sins of all nations, not just a specific people group, but for the sins of the world. And Jesus Christ will die by being hung on a cross, not because of anything that he had done wrong, not because of the sin that he had, no, he was sinless, completely pure, faultless, And on this very place, he will die. But church, we do not serve and worship a passed away Savior. We worship and we serve. And our hope is found in a resurrected Savior. Because then three days later, Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead. God does provide. God does provide for Abraham. And he provides for myself and he provides for all of you Today and for all of the world. Everyone just say, God has a plan. Amen. Abraham and Isaac, I don't th- they obviously didn't know exactly what was going on here. They didn't know what this kind of just giant setup, foreshadowing of this worship service was going to be. Because in this very place, God will provide the ultimate sacrifice, the only sacrifice for your sin in my sin. So church, I'm going to have the band come back up. And we're going to take just an opportunity here. As we sing this last worship song, I want you to consider a few, a few questions. Just in your time of prayer and just reflecting upon the words that we're about to sing. What does your faith look like in the sacrifices and the losses in your life? What does your faith look like in the sacrifices and the losses in your life? Or perhaps this question, where is God wanting you to grow in Him today? Where is God wanting, calling you to grow in Him today? Is it a very specific request? Is it with a specific person in your life? Maybe family member, maybe friend. Maybe some situation that you do not have all of the, the details of how how is this all going to work out. But God is calling you to trust that he is able. We celebrate that we serve a jealous God, that he is not content with just having some of us, most of us, half of us. But he calls us to put all of our faith upon the person of Jesus Christ. For all of our sins, for all of our sacrifices, for all of our losses. We bring it all to him because it's only him who is actually able and capable to take it all. So church, would you pray with me? Father God, we love you, we worship you, and we thank you so much for this powerful chapter, Genesis chapter 22. Lord, we praise you that you have a beautiful and awesome plan. And that you did not withhold your son, Jesus Christ and that you actually sent him to die and he was submissive to that plan and he did die on a cross Lord in in spite of of us knowing all the times the the lack of the details Lord we do know that you always have a plan and that plan is good Lord we know that you when you promise something you promise it will happen and it is always true and Lord, your promises, they are greater than any of our struggles. Lord, we know that you're always with us, and that you love us. So Lord, we cling to you. We cling to knowing that you're able and that you're capable, and that you have a beautiful and awesome plan. So Lord, teach us, form us, mold us, stretch our faith, grow our faith right now and our losses and our sacrifices. We give it all to you, not most of it, not half of it, not when it's convenient for us. Lord, you have all of our faith. And it's in Jesus' precious and powerful name we pray.
0: Victory is yours, Lord. We cry your name out, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Yireh. The Lord will provide. Everybody, just say, "The Lord will provide." Say it louder. Say it bigger. The Lord will provide. Man, as you go out, whatever you're facing, whatever is going on in your life, get ready. Trust God one step at a time. The Lord will provide. And all of God's people said, amen, man, amen.